0: So much has happened this week. Let's begin with uh, the freshest stories. Are you concerned about the uh, Supreme Court's ruling in the Texas case regarding uh, abortion laws and new rules in Texas if you are, if they detect a a fetal heartbeat after five or six weeks, no abortion in Texas. Does that have any
1: bearing on what's happening in Massachusetts or across the country? I'm gravely concerned because the supermajority of women don't even know they're pregnant at the threshold time after which abortions are outlawed in Texas. This is a de facto ban on abortions and the Supreme Court and Congress cannot allow it to stand.
0: Is it a matter of state's rights? Well, in Texas, these are the rules, but you could always go across the line to another state. It's a matter of
1: reproductive rights. Speak to that a little bit. What do you mean by that? A woman's decision whether or not to carry a pregnancy through completion is a decision that she makes with her doctor and Uh, her family. And it's not a decision that the Texas legislature or the US Supreme Court should be inserting themselves into.
0: What do you think is going to come of
1: it? Are you going to
0: try to do an end run with other Democrats around it? Are you strategizing? Is this on your agenda?
1: I am certainly going to be supportive of congressional action to codify Roe v. Wade so that this US Supreme Court no longer is the final arbiter of a woman's right to choose an abortion. Uh, That needs to be made the law of the land. Let's go to uh, Afghanistan. Uh,
0: Last week, you were quoted as saying everyone, every American will be out of Afghanistan by the 31st. That didn't happen, Congressman. As you know that we've got maybe one to 200 Americans who want to desperately get out. There are women crying on CNN every night who want to be
1: rescued. They're still sitting there. What you said would happen didn't happen. The airlift out of Hkaya, which took 120,000 people Uh, from Afghanistan was the most sophisticated, largest airlift in history. And it is going to uh, be remembered as a a significant feat of both military and logistical operations. Uh, We are now transitioning to a diplomatic means of removing Americans from Afghanistan. We have the assurances from uh, the Taliban, both publicly and privately, that they will not interfere with that evacuation. No, we do not trust the Taliban. But diplomacy is negotiation without trust. We have significant leverage. uh, And those final hundred or so Americans who want to get out will get out. Well, I hope so,
0: because last week you said they would get out. They didn't get out. Do You regret saying that. Was that too fine a
1: point you put on that? They're still there, Congressman. The commitment remains. The U.S. force protection needs to be a substantial consideration. We saw the atrocity of the terror attack. And this president made the decision that keeping U.S. troops there past the August 31st deadline was going to invite another terrorist attack, invite the more deaths of U.S. service members. Uh, and we needed to continue the retrograde while still continuing our commitment to get those final hundred or so Americans out and indeed continue to get Afghan allies out.
0: Well, listen, uh, there seems to be universal support. Uh, you'll, you'll find an exception here or there for ending the war in Afghanistan. It's the way it ended. Uh, Jack Reed, i senior senator, it to Mr. Afghanistan for your party has been there 18 times. And incidentally, you've served as well as a Marine there. Uh, but Jack Reed has been there 18 times. And he said, I made two speeches on the Senate floor. I told him, don't go about it this way. You're not doing it right. He didn't like the way it looked. He says he wasn't listened to. Do you still support the president in the way he ended this? Not the decision to pull out, but the way he actually went about executing it? Because you seem to be, uh, that's a minority group that, appoints, that supports him. You're in it.
1: The decision to withdraw, and the execution of of the withdrawal cannot be disintertwined. We are talking about retrograding from a two decade conflict in a country known as the graveyard of empires. It was always going to be messy. The Afghan security forces collapse is indicative of the lack of political partnership and military partnership that US forces had in Afghanistan. There was going to be a vacuum created when US forces left, but we couldn't keep our finger in the dam for another decade of conflict. Uh, The decision to withdraw was the right one. The execution of the withdrawal, as any military operation, was not perfect. And there should be an after action. There should be a congressional investigation into the entire scope of the war. But I do think we need to look at the evacuation of 120,000 people in a matter of a month. 50 or so thousand of them now in the United States, starting a new life with a, a, a new chance at realizing their highest aspirations uh, in the United States. It's one of the best features of this country that we welcome the refugee and that they are able to hand off a better future to their kids.
0: Congressman, are you downplaying the severity of the mess that was created? I mean, you're saying it was going to be messy either way. What well, are the of that Jack Reed warned against doing it? said Congressman Langerman called it a catastrophe. Senator White House said, I warned them through other back diplomatic channels and back channels. You seem to be breaking with other members of, the de- of your party who say this was a mess. It didn't have to be like this. You called it a crisp
1: pullout last week. It wasn't a crisp pullout, it was a messy. You lost 13 service members, Congressman. Uh, what I said was that the military's execution, bringing order to chaos at HKIA was crisply executed. And indeed, I think the United States military from 2001 onwards has executed its mission uh, honorably and effectively. The problem is the US military has been given a mission for the last 18 years that was not a military mission. Counterinsurgency is a political initiative. And this president's realization, this president's uh, high integrity decision revolved around his understanding that you cannot win a counterinsurgency purely with military effort and thereby we had to withdraw. He did not face either status quo uh, or withdraw. He faced surge US troops for a third decade of conflict right. or withdraw. This president made the right decision. Was it glorious? Of course not. This is what ending a two-decade uh, miscalculated war looks like, but at least this commander in chief had the integrity to tell this to the American people. All
0: right, well, listen, that's not what Jack Reed is saying. That's not what Congressman Langevin or, or other Democrats I've heard. but that's OK. You're free to speak your mind, and you're getting a lot of attention for doing this. Do you think you're backing him too much? Are you closely aligning? His, his numbers are tanky. He's being hammered
1: all over the place. Is this something you want to hook up with him? I don't make national security decisions based on polls. I make, I make my decisions based on what I think is in the clear-eyed best interests of the American uh, of the American nation. Right now, we need to be focused on great power competition with China. We need to be countering Russia's subversion of our democracy. We need to be leading on transnational threats like climate change, terrorism, and public health. We do not need to be embroiled in a failing counterinsurgency in Afghanistan for a third decade. Uh, So, yes, I do support this president's decision. I'm also going to hold this president to account. I'm going to hold this president to account to sustain a robust counterterrorism mission in Central Asia because we cannot allow a base of operations from which terrorists attack the United States. And I will hold military officials from 2001 through 2021 to account for uh, decisions, uh, intelligence failures, and uh, and, and misplaced execution, uh, whether it was under Republican or Democratic administration. We need to do an entire congressional investigation about the war in Afghanistan so that we can learn its lessons. And the next time a president tries to blunder and bluster their way into a a forever war, we've got members of Congress who can stand up against it.
0: Are you concerned with the aftermath? We're uh, bringing in a lot of Afghan refugees uh, by the thousands. And the Wall Street Journal the other day reported that they haven't been vetted as closely as we think they are. And most of them weren't people who helped us over there. They just seem to be random Afghans are you concerned about that second part of the question are you concerned that we're bringing the next terrorist over who may have his eyes on knocking down that freedom tower in New York someday this appears to be a real concern.
1: The Afghan refugees who are coming to the United States are being vetted they are going first to military bases they're going through COVID testing they're going through security. uh, Clearances you're right that it's not the same level of security clearance that a refugee status gets but for humanitarian parole they are being vetted. And I think welcoming refugees, especially Afghan refugees, given the US history in that country, is in the best keeping of the American tradition. Uh, We are going to find as they get resettled throughout all 50 states that these people want a better life for themselves and for their kids, and they're willing to work for it. Uh,
0: Let's broaden the conversation. The question, the question of the president's cognitive mental health has come up. It's not only Fox News now, it's become much broader. If you go to a barbecue over the weekend and you start to discuss this, you'll hear from all kinds of people as to whether the president is up for the job. Is this president up for, the, up for the job cognitively? You've seen him looking at his watch as the caskets were coming down.
1: There are things that he does that just don't sit well with some people, Congressman. What do you think about his assessment? I'm not, an, I'm not going to be an armchair psychiatrist. I think it's irresponsible to comment on public figures, medical conditions, uh, or lack thereof okay. uh, on TV. I will say I have great confidence in this president, in his ability to make decisions and his ability to continue to lead this nation. And I find it pretty, frankly, hypocritical that we're hearing from a lot of Republicans now that they're concerned about the mental fitness of the president, given the last four years that this nation had dealing with. Uh, a toddler frankly. Well certainly Democrats voice their concern about President Trump's cognitive abilities throughout his throughout his four years.
0: So I think both parties uh, uh, have explored that as fertile ground. Congressman you're going to vote for that one trillion dollar infrastructure plan plus the other three and a half trillion that uh, would
1: be more spending. How are we going to pay for both of these packages Congressman? We're going to ask corporations and the wealthiest Americans to pay a little bit more so that we can invest in clean water, better transit, high speed Internet, uh, paid family and medical leave, early education. These are investments in U.S. infrastructure and in the productivity and welfare of working families. If you make, I've heard
0: it say so we're going to make the corporations pay, right? You've said that before. The corporations are going to pay their fair share along with the wealthy. A corporation will just pass along added costs to the consumer. and. Wealthy people don't give up their wealth so easily. Isn't it just a pass along to the average person? Let's say you go to Walmart. Uh, If Walmart's paying more in taxes, they're just gonna
1: throw a half a cent on each item because the Walmart family's not gonna lose any money. Uh, So you assert those those economic premises with a lot of confidence that they're not supported by data. Uh, Corporations do not necessarily pass on higher taxes to the consumer. It depends on the elasticity of demand, if you wanna use economic terms here. And what we've seen is that corporations have had record profits in the last several years, and that uh, just like they didn't necessarily pass on the tax cuts from Trump to consumers, they're not necessarily going to pass on tax increases to consumers. We also have seen a widening gap between returns to capital and returns to labor that has led to a huge chasm of wealth inequality in this country, where the wealthiest Americans are getting richer, and and working families can't seem to get one rung up the ladder. And progressive tax policy that asks the ultra-wealthy to pay a little bit more so that we can invest in productivity in enhancing infrastructure and in early education is going to help close that wealth gap over the coming generation.
0: Well, it's my job to be the devil's advocate
1: and probe you.
0: Uh, so if I, if I took a step with you and said, well, they, they don't always pass along added expenses, but often they do, would you at least concede that it's possible that corporations will pass along added expenses in the form of taxes? and wealthy people will take their, their fair share uh, or their cut of the action. I don't know what you mean by their cut of the action. Well, here's what I mean. In other words, uh, the Walmart family uh, is not going to give up their wealth uh, because the Walmart corporation is paying extra in taxes. I think they're gonna be just as wealthy and Walmart may pass along some of those added expenses. Even though you said not always, and I'll say, okay, not always, but it could be, it could be a case By case basis. They may charge you more for this or charge you less for that. Would you allow
1: for that? Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to lose sleep worrying about whether the Walmart family is going to continue to be wealthy. They're going to be just fine. What we need to look at is whether the people who already have assets in this economy are going to continue to get wealthier and wealthier versus the people who largely rely on labor for their income. And what we want as a country, the times in our in our history as America where we've been most Uh, Robust economically and most just politically, have been when the returns to labor are are accelerating faster than returns to capital. That has not been the case for the last 25 years. We want to make work pay better than wealth. All right. You are in a
0: district that is kind of a fishhook. It goes from the South Coast, Fall River, uh, the Abelboros, and it goes all the way up to Newton. I cannot think of two more uh, different kind of communities than than Fall River and uh, Newton. Uh, and by the way, I like Newton very much. It's a, it's a very nice area, beautiful homes and nice shopping. I also like Fall River. It's in our viewing area. Because a talking about maybe uh, redistricting and changing the t- cities and towns that you oversee.
1: Do you see the wisdom in that? I want to continue to represent Fall River. I love representing the city of Fall River. I've got close relationships with Mayor Coogan and Representative Fiola amongst others. And uh, the diversity of my district, both in terms of political viewpoint and socioeconomics and rural, urban, suburban is a strength, not a weakness. I think it makes me a more effective member of Congress, and I'm certainly fighting hard to keep Fall River in the district.
0: Well, who's fighting to take it away from you? Who wants to take it away?
1: What's the argument? I know you were an observer at some of these hearings. Well, I'll let you talk to the ones who want to who group it differently. My focus is on keeping Fall River
0: because it's part of the district, it's always been part of the district. You don't see a discrepancy. You're way up there. They're way down here. I'm everywhere. All <laughs> right. Well, that sounds like a news problem. We'll hold it there. Congressman Jacob, and Plus, thanks for coming on. Always nice to have you. Likewise.